Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. We went to the off-speed pitch, Ryan Talbot. We we, we moved up the start time. We were, we were thinking about going late tonight, but we said, you know what? The injury report just came out. Uh, an ominous injury report at that. We're going to dive deep into that and what it means for this matchup. And uh, welcome in to Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. The Miami Dolphins versus Buffalo Bills preview episode brought to you, as always, by Topps Markets. Falling leaves in crisp weather means it's our favorite time of year, tailgate season. And you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory from Tops just by purchasing brands you already love. The Tailgate and Go Kitchen. More to come on that later in the show. What is up, Ryan Talbot? Hey, not too much. Happy to be talking some Bills football here on a Friday afternoon. Uh, it feels like everything's questionable right now because you look at the Bills injury report. Four players ruled out already. Jordan Phillips, defensive tackle. Um, um, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, cornerback, Dane Jackson, Micah Hyde, safety. And then you get to the questionable portion of the injury list. You're looking at Tim Settle with the calf, ankle injury for Gabe Davis, foot for Dawson Knox and Jordan Poyer. It is just a very, very troubling list if you're the Bills. And I guess to start with, Ryan, what has you the most troubled about what the Bills are facing with all of these players? Mitch Morse is also uh, questionable with an elbow. I think he's he's probably going to play, uh, and that's more of just uh, you know they're going to continue to look at that. But w- what has you most concerned going going in this game? Yeah, it's Micah Hyde being out. Uh, he is just so important to the communication aspect of the back end of the defense. He and Poyer at that, and Poyer being questionable too uh, gives you a little bit of pause, a little bit of worry if you're a Bills fan, because you're going to be going out there most likely with two rookies at cornerback, or at least rotating two rookies heavily against uh, a very good wide receiver duo in, with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell. Uh, so even if you're missing one piece of that back end in high and you don't have Poyer at 100%, that's my biggest concern. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I talked about it on Wednesday. I mean, as soon as Hyde popped up after the game getting carted off, I thought, man, that's the guy that, you know, you take away the deep part of the field when he's out there. But after the conversations that I've had this week, you know, I think the Bills are going to use this and, and, and rally around Jaquan Johnson. Um, I was chatting with Taryn uh, Johnson uh, after practice yesterday, and he said, listen, Micah and Jordan missed most of the um, offseason program, and then they were out for big stretches during training camp. He's probably run, if you want to take practice reps time, he's probably run in practice with Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin more than Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Now, having two all pros back there, I mean, you can't replace that experience. I mean, Kyrie Elam, I was talking to him yesterday as well, and he said, 
there's times that they're just moving him around because they see things before they happen. So I think with Hyde being out, the most important thing I kind of go to after that is Jordan Poyer being able to play, having some veteran presence back there. Now it's a foot injury. I think he's kind of in that day-to-day range with the, the, the report. I think it was Ian Rappaport that put that out earlier in the week. I know there was some confusion. I think it was Roto Wire or, or one of the fantasy sites had had uh, aggregated a, an Adam Schefter report um, or tweet that said that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were out. But I think there was some confusion there. I think Adam Schefter was saying Jordan Phillips and Micah Hyde are out. And then the aggregating site said Poyer. So there's a lot of confusion on social media right now. Poyer is not out yet. They want to see how this he practiced today. They want to see how the weekend goes, see where he's at on Sunday. That's a big deal to me. If he can play, I feel like at least it gives you one uh, veteran presence back there and an important one, a guy that can, you know, be good in coverage, has seen Tyreek Hill a ton, and then also somebody that's you know uh, willing to get up and get dirty in the run game. Now, I think DeMar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson both could potentially do that. And I'm telling you, these guys have faith in it. I mean, uh, what was the quote that I used in the story? Let me bring it up real, here real quick. And you can head over to Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com right now. I wrote about what the Bills are going to do without Micah Hyde. Terry Johnson said, I feel like we have some guys – that have great ball skills as well that you're about to see on Sunday. They're going to have their opportunity and I feel like they're going to show it. There's faith in that locker room that these guys can play and we're, we might find out, at least in Johnson's case. It's the unknown, I guess, man. That's probably the most worrisome thing. Yeah, they played a lot in the preseason. They were out there at training camp at times, getting a lot of reps, that being Jaquan Johnson, Damar Hamlin. Uh, but it's different when you're thrown into live game action, a, a real meaningful game, and you you don't have a lot of reps under your belt, especially when you compare it to uh, the reps of a Poyer and Hyde. Uh, and you're hoping Poyer can be out there, like you said, to, to help with the communication, to help make sure that – uh, Jaquan Johnson's comfortable. The young cornerbacks are comfortable. It's just something that's going to have to, you have to almost see it play out with these younger guys, see how they handle themselves. And if they can pass this first test on Sunday, then if it is Hyde being out for a period of time, which we don't know that, um, then maybe you have a little bit more confidence in those younger un, unproven to a certain extent type of talents. We were talking a little bit the other day about, you know, I, I brought up one of my biggest surprises was the bills decision to go with, Benford over Elam as a starter. I mean, they're basically splitting reps. So my my point was of contention was why not just give the job to Elam if it's if it's that close? It, it had to have been that close, considering that they're splitting reps. I mean, if Benford was that much ahead of him, he'd just be playing, right? Well, I talked to Kyir about that uh, yesterday, and uh, you know, want to update the story, and it's it's something that he's actually using for motivation. Ryan, I'm writing about it for tomorrow, and now. It's he's kind of like, you know, Sean McDermott said he's been a pro. He's handled it like a pro. He's kept working. He's used it as like a, you know, put a chip on his shoulder. Now he gets this huge opportunity on this big stage against Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. He's likely going to start for Dane Jackson. How concerned are you? You know, obviously the safety situation is what it is, but at cornerback, Benford, you know, not really known for his speed, more of a, you know, a willing tackler, somebody that's willing to, he's been good in coverage all throughout training camp. He's get, he gets his nose uh, into, into plays. He's willing to fight at the catch point. But I do think that, you know, if there's any communication breakdowns, you know, speed could be a consideration with Benford and then Elam, who's still trying to get used to playing in his own scheme. Sometimes it's probably hard to use your speed when you don't necessarily know where you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do. And I'm not saying that he doesn't. Sean McDermott said this morning that he's come a long way and it's been his, his work ethic and willing to work, 
willingness to work at it that, st- that stood out. But I think this is a concern with two young corners going against probably the scariest wide receiver team in the league right now. Yeah, very scary. Listen, we've seen Tyree Kill torch the starters on this team, the the best of the best. Uh, last year in the playoffs, obviously they were out with they were were without Trey White in that game. Uh, but we've seen him take a short pass and go the distance in those scenarios. We've seen a lot of that. So with on young guys at cornerback, with at least one safety being out. Hill being the way that he is, being such a crafty veteran, speedy guy, I could see him getting open in this game. And, you know, that's maybe, Matt, one of the best things this defense does. They usually are able to keep things in front of them, make defenses have to move the ball down the field in a, in a meticulous fashion, uh, not give up the big play. I think there might be a few opportunities for those big plays for Miami come come Sunday and maybe for Tua to take a few shots. Uh, and it'll be up to Buffalo's defense to respond to that, to be in the right position to make that play. But, uh, again, it goes back to I need to be able to see what these young guys have in, in a situation like this where they're going to be out there and, and they're going to be playing even more reps than they have throughout the first two weeks. Our good friend uh, from down in Brazil, Bernardo Dietze, uh with the super chat, uh, he says that uh, he said that Phillips and Hyde injuries came when they shouldn't have been in the game. Hope they play Rousseau more inside. See you guys at the Green Bay game. Um, obrigado, my friend. I cannot wait to see you uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, I actually did a story on Bernardo and all of his friends from Brazil that come up uh, once a year for for a trip. I think they're going to catch two games, uh, the Green Bay game, and I think they might even be heading. I think there's the bye and then maybe the New York game. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about it. Uh, but thank you for the super chat, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's never a perfect you know way to you know construct when to take guys out of the game, right? I mean, those injuries can kind of happen at any point. I don't really subscribe to that idea as much. I mean, yeah, they were they had the, their foot on the throat of the Titans. But in this league, I mean, Stefan Diggs talked about it this week. You never take your foot off the gas pedal. And, you know, unfortunately, it's just that those kind of things happen in this, in this league and um, could have happened at any time of the game. Yeah, I, I mean, you hit it on the head. And, and this was a week two, Matt, where we saw – so many late comebacks, so many teams get claw back into the games in the fourth quarter. Uh, Miami, obviously, against the Ravens. We saw Arizona against the Raiders. Uh, we saw some of those types of games in week one as well. So while the Bills were starting to build a pretty comfortable lead, uh, third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, what we saw across the league in those last two weeks is that teams can come back and put up points very quickly, and you can never be – uh, you don't want to just put in all the backups. Now, once the Titans went with Malik Willis and company, maybe that was when the Bills could, and I think they did for the most part, call off the dog, so to speak, put in the backups um, uh, in, in many places. But it's a tough scenario because, like you said, Stefan Diggs said it, said it himself. This is a league where you can't take your foot off the gas pedal. If you do that, you're giving the other team an opportunity to get back in it. And if you pull your starters on the other side of the ball with a comfortable lead, you're giving them a chance to get back into that game, whether – you know, even if they don't end up getting that job accomplished, you're still giving that window of possibility, so to speak. One of the most important uh, areas of this game from a space perspective and also a position group. I mean, that defensive line for the Bills, they they're going to be as important of a group in this game as any uh, on both sides of the ball for either team. They have to get pressure on Tua. They have to hit Tua. Uh, they can't let him kind of get into a rhythm and start, you know, getting rid of the ball quickly and letting him pick on some of the potential matchups or areas of the zone, however they decide to play this game, whether they mix in some man. I mean, I I, I really don't know what they're going to do, but I, 
the defensive line is banged up right now, Ryan. I mean, on the interior where that, you know, that's been something that we've talked about as a strength the first couple of weeks throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. Ed Oliver has been ruled out. Jordan Phillips has been ruled out. And that's starter quality players right there. Really good players in the case of Ed Oliver. And Phillips has played like that all year. Daquan Jones is healthy. Tim Settle has a calf injury and has been li- listed as questionable. I'm wondering, you know, it's a good sign that he wasn't ruled out already. Uh, but I think the Bills are really probably hoping that he can play because that allows you to get another guy that, A, has been starving for an opportunity to play. I mean, this is like the perfect spot for Tim Settle to like get an opportunity to go in there and make a difference when he's been healthy, especially more in the preseason. I think he's looked really good in this scheme. There's there's an opportunity there for him to have a splashy t- kind of game. Uh, but, you know, you, you can rely on Brandon Bryant, C.J. Brewer, but if you have to go in with Daquan Jones and then just those two guys, uh, maybe another piece, it's troubling. Yeah, it's certainly worrisome because we were talking about defensive tackle earlier this year being maybe one of their strongest, if not strongest, position one through four. And the past two weeks, they've had guys out. Last week, Oliver and Settle. This week, Oliver and Jordan Phillips. So, you know, they, they held up well last week. I, I think that Jones and Settle combination can hold up. We've already talked about Brendan Bryan a lot, Matt, in terms of our belief in him. C.J. Brewer was in last week in that game as well. Uh, we've talked about the possibility of using Greg Rousseau more on the inside. There's a lot of ways that the Bills can, you know, can go into this game knowing that they're a little bit short at the defensive tackle position and get creative. And uh, all faith in Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott to do that. But again, you're, you're taking one of the greatest strengths on your roster, your defensive tackle position, and you're going in down two men into a big uh, division game. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think on the defensive line? I mean, I, I probably, it's probably an easy answer to say Von Miller has to step up in this game. And this is kind of what you brought him in to do. Um, pressure and sack the quarterback, a quarterback that has dangerous, scary, speedy weapons that the Bills have struggled against. I mean, Tyree Hill specifically, I mean, you almost make that move with that, his performances against the Bills in the past in mind. So is it Von Miller or is it maybe somebody else on this defensive line in your eyes that has to really pop and 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 make plays in this game? Well, I think Von Miller is the obvious choice. So I'm not going to dwell too much on that one. I, I agree with you. He's always going to be the obvious choice. Um, I'm, I'm going to actually go with AJ Epinesa. And, and here's my thinking why. I think Rousseau, like I said, can kick inside a little bit and contribute in that regard. And you're going to need someone to step up more on the outside opposite Von Miller. We remember that game from, from Epinesa against the Dolphins. It was not that long ago where he was getting uh, so many quarterback pressures, so many quarterback hits, laying hard hits on on Tua uh, and, and the Dolphins, just offensive line was overwhelmed against him. The get-off time has always been exceptional for A.J. Epinesa. Now it's about putting that pass rush arsenal together. We know that the Dolphins' offensive line is not the greatest unit or one of their strengths necessarily. So I, I think you do have to get the rush and attack from multiple angles if you're the this Bills team up front. Uh, and when I say attack, I'm not saying blitz. You don't want to blitz. You want as many guys back as possible, but you want to get that pressure. And while I know Von Miller will get his pressure, I know that Greg Rousseau can get pressure from the inside or outside. You want someone else to really step up on the outside, that being AJ Epinesa for me. Yeah, I'm going to probably go more Rousseau just because of what Von Miller said about him uh, this week. I mean, I was blown away listening back to that press conference about 
you know that a guy like Von Miller is going to put up for his guys, right? I mean, that he's been in the locker room with Greg Rousseau now, but to hear him talk about the potential of this player and how good he looked last week, I mean, it, it stuck out to me. He said he thinks he could be the best pass rusher in the NFL at some point. He's got this combination of size, compared him to, you know, things that he can do to like Miles Garrett and some of the other elite pass rushers in the game. And you need those kind of players to shine in this game. And without Ed Oliver, who was supposed to be, kind of that running mate or that like uh tag team partner of, of Von Miller this season. I look directly over to Greg Rousseau. I mean, this is a Miami homecoming for him, you know, Jaquan Johnson as well, Kyrie Elam as well. There's a lot of guys on this Buffalo Bills defense that are going back home to be playing in front of family and friends. And for me, Rousseau, I feel like he's taking, taken a legitimate step forward the the Baltimore Ravens blitzed a ton last week, and that's not surprising, right? That's that's kind of their uh, their deal. I mean, let, I'm adding them up here: four, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, seventeen, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three blitzes from the Baltimore Ravens last week, and it only equaled eight pressures on Tua and one sack. I don't think the Bills are going to blitz even. 15% of that. I think they've sent three blitzes all season. One of them were successful, the Tremaine Edmonds blitz early in the season. So, or last week. So that wouldn't be surprising to me if they tried to, you know, shake things up and send it. Matt Milano's a really good blitzer just to kind of, th- you know, freshen things up. But I think it's going to be about this four man pressure, this four man front. And to me, I look at Greg Russo and I, I think he needs to have a big game uh, for them to be successful. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I agree with your point on not blitzing in this matchup. You want as many guys clogging up passing lanes as possible. You have Edmonds in the middle of that defense. You have Milano out there. And then obviously Taron Johnson uh, is that slot receiver. But make it more difficult for for two of you can get pressure with the front four, which they've been able to do the first two weeks. Obviously, week one uh, being the their best performance when everyone was healthy. Uh, I, I think that they can still create some turnovers against Miami's offense, put the offense in in an advantageous situation that will allow them to score even more points. And and if this does end up being a a heavyweight slugfest, so to speak, then uh, it'll bode well for the Bills to kind of keep those guys back and let your defensive line do what what they're supposed to be doing best based on the money you're paying these guys and when you drafted some of these players. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast. Hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's flip it over to the offensive side. There's some questionable guys there and some concerning uh, guys there. Gabe Davis fighting through that ankle injury. I put out some video of him yesterday. Looks like he's still kind of moving a little bit gingerly. Came out after uh, practice yesterday and said he's 100% 
optimistic that he's playing on Sunday. Uh, obviously, another uh, South Florida guy that wants to play in front of, uh, you know, probably family and friends. So I get the, uh, the, the positivity, the positive vibes. But I think he's he's directly on the questionable line. Like it would not surprise me if they wanted to hold him back one more week. I think Dawson Knox to me is a more of a sure thing. Saw him moving around, dealing with that foot injury, had taped up a little bit. He's questionable as well, but I think he's probably trending in the right direction. Uh, we mentioned Mitch, Mitch Morse at the top. I think he'll be all right. He finished the game a couple of days ago and actually uh, chatted with him a little bit today, and he seemed fine. Like no, there wasn't anything about. Um, you know, worry or, but you never know. I mean, I guess who knows what's going to happen. How important is Gabe Davis not being available in this one for you? Because yeah, let's just start there. Well, the bill showed last week. They can still put up points on offense. Josh Allen can still throw for four touchdowns. Uh, Diggs can still be a major part of this offense. You can get Kumaro to step up. Obviously Isaiah McKenzie has proven in the past what he can do. So I, I still think the bills will have enough weapons. If Davis, uh, cannot go or if he's not close to 100%, which if he does play, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on a pitch count, so to speak, uh, if they limit his reps to try to really take it easy on the ankle. But uh, the Bills have proven that there's enough firepower there on this offense that they can hurt you. And, and maybe this is a game where you line up James Cook more out wide. Maybe it's a game where you lean on the running backs a little bit more to do uh, not just you know catch the ball, but also run out of the backfield, give them a few extra carries. I, I like what I've seen from Ken Dorsey so far. He hasn't given me any reason to believe that he doesn't have a good game plan drawn up for this matchup, Matt. I think that, like, in a perfect world, you want Davis to play. I think that that'll be a lot for the secondary to handle. Xavier Howard dealing with a groin injury. So he's not going to be 100% having to go and probably travel with Stefan Diggs and try to play man coverage on Stefan Diggs, which, you know, Diggs kind of alluded that a little bit in his, you know, that they do that really well. But the problem is, usually, you know, players that, that, that are really good press corners still struggle with Diggs' ability to separate. so And, you know, he's in his bag right now. I know he was talking about it yesterday. Like, he was talking about the success they've had and wanting to go and find some wood to knock on after he was talking about it with the media. But he's been so good that it's going to be probably hard for them to deal with him, whether or not Gabe Davis plays or not. I really like Isaiah McKenzie in this game. Uh, I think that he, he could potentially be a weapon for not only Josh Allen, um, in, in the passing game, but maybe you you kind of get him involved. You haven't done much with the the gadgety stuff with him in a while. Maybe you put Jamison Crowder more traditionally in that role, and maybe throw some curveballs. Now that you know teams maybe aren't expecting that as much. Uh, and then also go back and look at Lamar Jackson. I know he had the one big run last week, but he he had a couple of really good runs. I think Josh Allen put a lot of pressure on this defense, especially if they're going to send you know big time blitz packages at them. Keep them off balance. Run for, you know, yeah, use those legs. Get get involved in the running game. I know they're going to probably want to get Singletary and Moss involved, but I think Allen has to be a factor in the run game as well in this game. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, this is he can hurt you with your his legs any week, but against Miami, against a team that uh, was really hurt by Lamar Jackson at times last week, that makes sense. I love your point on Isaiah McKenzie. You can run some jet sweeps. You can line him up in the backfield. There's a lot of different ways that you can utilize him, even if it's just to kind of confuse the defense and get them on their toes. So it goes back to the original talking point, Matt. This team still has enough firepower if Gabe Davis cannot go uh, to go toe-to-toe with a team like the Miami Dolphins. Now through October 29th, every time you use your Tops Bonus Plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell's, Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen for the ultimate tailgating experience. A scene on Shark Tank 
The Tailgate and Go Kitchen is a portable outdoor kitchen in dry box made for any outdoor cooking setting. Set it up in the backyard, backwoods, stadium parking lot in seconds. Comes with a built-in cutting board, power t- paper towel holder, bottle opener, spice rack, food divider compartments, storage net and lid, and knife magnet. Um, for complete details, visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone. There's so many ways to save, so many ways to win at Tops. All right, Ryan Talbot. Speaking of winning, uh, valuehomecenters.com. Head over there and get the latest on the deals that they got for you this wonderful September weekend. Um, and as always, when we're going into a game day, we got to get to our value keys to the game. So I'm going to start with you. What do you think is the top key to the game for the Bills? Down a bunch of guys to to win here against uh, the Dolphins. You know, I feel like every week you can go to the pass rush. So I'm going to, I'm going to go away from that a little bit this week. I'm going to say, don't give up the big play. Don't give up the deep ball down the field. Keep Miami in front of you. Challenge them to, to dink and dunk their way down the field consistently throughout this matchup and put up points that way. Easier said than done when you're missing a lot of guys on the back end. But I think with the pressure the bills can generate, uh, that's the best way to create turnovers, get, get uh, hands up on passes, bat balls, get after the quarterback. We've seen Tua get sacked and fumble the ball before. Uh, so the opportunities will be there. So that's my big key to the game, Matt. Don't give up the deep shots with, with the blown coverages like we saw one week ago against Baltimore uh, with, with the Dolphins. What about you, Matt? My big key to the game is a physical approach with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And, you know, we, we've seen in the past teams that have tried to defend Stephon Diggs, you know, I think of the Chiefs a couple of years ago in the AFC title game, just getting up on the line of scrimmage and being physical, setting a tone. And when you have the opportunity running to the football and laying the hit stick on these guys, I mean, you got to make them pay for their willingness to run after the catch, right? It's the same thing that goes with, you know, when you're r- rushing to a, right? Getting hits on him over the course of the game, you know, you're, you're putting stock you know, over the course of the game in the bank, you got to do that with all of these players. You got to set a physical tone on defense. I think that's one of the benefits of Jaquan Johnson's game is I think he has shown a willingness when he's been in the game to kind of bring out that hit stick and play with a kind of a meanness, uh, almost a la a Jordan Poyer. So having Jordan Poyer out there, I think will help in a lot of ways. But to me, I just think the Bills on defense, they have to step up to the challenge physically uh, and set that kind of tone. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I, the physicality is going to be important. You lay a good hit on on Hill, on Waddle. Um, one, you can create some turnovers, but two, it, it'll make them think a little bit in terms of running across the middle. Uh, I've seen a lot of, you know, I don't want to take anything away from two of his first two games. He's played well, but he's also had a lot of balls that have been floating where he's put his wide receivers in tough spots in terms of taking those hits. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, laying laying the wood, so to speak, or the hit stick, whatever you want to call it, is, is a big part of the game and the outcome of the game on Sunday. Prediction time, Ryan Talbot. Prediction. I put in a prediction already earlier in the week. I'm not going to change it. That is my goal every week, even though a lot of stuff, it doesn't really make sense to put a pick in on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but it's just part of the gig uh, over at Channel 4. So I'm going to stick with it. Uh, why don't you lead us off? What do you got? What are you picking here in this game? You know, Miami and the Bills reminds me of the Bills and the Patriots from years ago where I just I can't pick Miami even with all these injuries until I actually see them beat Josh Allen Buffalo, who should be undefeated against the Dolphins in his career, minus a Charles Clay drop pass in the end zone. He would be. So I'm going Bills 35-17. I still don't believe in Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he's going to throw he's going to have a few turnovers on Sunday in this matchup based on the way he's played early this season. 
They've gotten better this offseason, that being the Miami Dolphins. They're going to be a playoff contender. I think they're a legitimate wild card team in the AFC. But even with all these injuries, I, I still have faith or confidence in this Bills roster to leave Miami with a win on Sunday. What about you, Matt? Yeah, so I, I have the Bills, too. Uh, it comes down to a couple of things for me. I, I, I think that the Bills in the past have shown an ability in the regular season, I think it was last year, to try to you know limit Tyreek Hill. Uh, in a game. It didn't work so much in the playoffs, but they did have a little bit of success in the regular season. So I think the goal is, is to try to take one of those guys out of the game somehow, what, you know, what, what, however they're going to game plan against them and then get consistent pressure. And I think you're going to be able to do that, whether they want to send some blitzes and maybe change things up there. And that's another thing as, as we're sitting here talking, that might be a way to go about it, is that you almost don't expect the bills to blitz now. And now with a couple guys down in the middle, maybe, maybe you do do that a little bit more. Maybe you send, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Taron Johnson, even Jordan Poyer, if he's available on a couple of those surprise blitzes that maybe can change the course of the game. I see the bills finding a way to get turnovers. Tua has put the ball in jeopardy a bunch of times. He had one in the fourth quarter that would have stopped that comeback in its tracks. If that, if, if Baltimore would have been able to come away with that interception, he had one in that game too, like trying to go deep where it was intercepted. Uh, the guy got two, two feet in bounds. So um, yeah. And I think that the bills are going to be able to move the ball around. I think Josh Allen is going to be able to run the ball, pass the ball bills, 31 uh, Miami dolphins, 21. Final thoughts here, Ryan Talbot. Uh, it's, we had a great show the other night. Shout out to uh, Nate Geary for coming on. I thought uh, we had some really good conversation. Yeah, you know, final thought for me. Uh, all offseason, Matt, we, we've heard about this Bills roster being one of the best and deepest in the league. Well, when it comes to being the deepest, now we're going to find out on Sunday uh, how true that is because you're you're going into this matchup without one of your – well, your best defensive tackle, an all-pro, all-world type safety. You're out. Uh, you're going out with two rookie cornerbacks, most likely. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how they look with rookies in the back end, some young guys that haven't had a lot of reps, and then obviously being without guys like Ed Oliver and Micah Hyde. But I still do, like I said, believe in this Bills roster. I believe in Tops Markets and let Tops do all the work for your game day and tailgating spreads. Uh, whatever you need, you know, even if you're you're watching the game from Buffalo, head over to Tops Markets. They have hot to go, fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizzas. 14 bucks. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, 14 bucks. The legendary top breakfast pizza. You can get a large for 20 bucks. Buy it in the morning. Eat it at one o'clock. It's perfect. Pizza or taco log, six count, 7.69. Baby back rib sections, 5.99 a pound, plus subs, sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. My final thought, Ryan Talbot, is at the end of the day, it's Bill strength versus dolphin strength. Offense versus offense. Quarterback versus speed. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I, I got to see more from Tua against a defense that is going to throw some wrinkles at this young quarterback in the past. They've they've caused nightmares for Tua. And I think that there's some potential for that again. I'm, I'm going to bet on Josh Allen in this game, finding enough uh, offense to win this game on the road. All right. We will be back on Sunday at, let's say, 5.30. You know, get yourself some early dinner and then settle in as we break down everything that happened in Bills versus Dolphins. Thank you for watching. Like and subscribe before you go. He's Ryan. I'm Matt. See you on Sunday, everybody. Take care. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.